The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. from her closet high above the streets of Toronto, this is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, Leanne Philipson. Chocolate is called the food of the gods, which could be interpreted in about a hundred ways with all roads of thought really ending up thinking that chocolate is good for you. But then there's the don't have too much narrative, just don't go crazy narrative that really dominates many of the conversations about chocolate. Except for Chris, who in my Zoom screen is shaking his head going, no lady, you're crazy. What are you talking about? There's the taunt of the marketing that says that you just can't have one. Oh, actually, you know what? I think that's a chip marketing tagline. Okay, bugger. Oops, just just snagged that from the wrong brand. But you know, you know what I mean, right? The deprivation that I hear from clients when they want to do better, when they want to eat better, when they want to lose weight. Well, that conversation very often ends up coming back to chocolate in one way or another. So why does this food of the gods have such a bad rap? Is there a dark truth about chocolate? It sure is a conversation that just won't quit. Some lump it into the candy category, so it needs to be eaten in moderation. Then some studies highlight how amazing it is. Good for your heart, it's good for your brain, it's good for everything in your body. And that's touted in the media, saying that it's a superfood and it's the answer to all that ails you. Only to find out that the next headline that comes up has uh, made that claim to the top 10 list of myths. So can this beautiful chocolate stuff, can it be that bad? It can't be the taste of the gods if it is. It's kind of like there's a contest going on out there, looking like dark chocolate is at the top of the leaderboard in terms of health and all of its goodness. Milk chocolate, well, that's somewhere in the middle with all the sweetness being labeled candy. And then white chocolate, well, some people say that that's really not chocolate at all. But come on, it's chocolate. So what's a person to do? Today on Eat This with Leanne, for the love of chocolate. Is it healthy? Is it sinful? Or is it the answer to you losing weight? Mm -mm. Music to my dang, dang, dang ears. Yeah, got to pause right there. Like, hang on, did your brains just blow up? My guest, Chocolatier, chocolatier in English, but she comes from Europe. Marie Schlem and I are going to get to the bottom of it. Did you know that there are international chocolate awards? Yes, there sure is. And guess what they need every year in order to find the best chocolate? Usually it's country by country. They need taste testers, for which I was one in about 2018, I think. What? And you, Everyone whoa, 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 you gave up that job? Why wouldn't you just keep <laughs> that job? That's a great job. It is, isn't it? Until you go and eat 80 chocolates Oh. In in a period of about three or four hours. That's uh, that to me is Sunday. That's a Sunday for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let me just clarify a little bit more about this job. I mean, really, I was a volunteer for it, so you know, I got all the chocolate. So it was still a win win, I would say. <laughs> but let me clarify because I was a part. I didn't realize that there are different levels to this, but I was a part of the first round of tasters. So what happens is all the chocolate gets sent in. And then there has to be, first of all, a taste test to make sure that what's been sent in did not go off in transit or just end up something end up happening to it or it just being a really odd batch. That's what I was a part of. Like there's a finals, semifinals, like there's a whole process to to doing all of this. But honestly, I think I must have eaten about 80 
pieces of chocolate. And I'm not talking, I'm not talking about like, you know, a chocolate bar. Some of these were the most fancy, stunning, had like beautiful glazes of colors on top of them, looking like they were too artful to even put in your mouth because, oh, I just want to sit here and look at this. And I actually got to a point where I couldn't eat anymore. Actually, all of us couldn't eat anymore. It just got to be just too much. And we're like the last bites going, I don't think I can do this one. I don't think I can do this one because they all tasted different. They all had different tastes going on. Some hot, some not like really everything, such an array. There are some incredible chocolate makers in Canada. I just have to say that there's also, they do this in Europe. They do this in England. So there's local areas where they do all of that. But honestly, afterwards, and everyone said, oh, my God, wasn't that the most amazing, amazing thing? And I said, I don't, don't need to eat chocolate for a while now. <laughs> People would just look at me and say, what? Are you crazy? It's just like anything. You go and eat too much of something, and then you have to just take a little break for a while. Wouldn't it be kind of like, have you ever gone into one of those candle shops or bath and body works type, type places, and you start yep. smelling things, and eventually Ugh. it all just starts to smell the same? Would the chocolate not just start tasting the same after very much so after 75 pieces of chocolate absolutely yeah it was it was it was really interesting because in the beginning you get these plates and and you, you know they're all numbered or lettered or whatever and you just have to make sure and then you sit there with your laptop and you make sure that yes the taste is okay so that they all have a fair chance so it's a really important step but after a while, you're, you know, and we were all sitting there going, oh, 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 this is good. And oh, mm, oh, that's a little funky. How, who thought that was a good idea? You know, because they're really out there, super, super out there chocolates. But after a while, it's like, what is that? Oh, I think that just tasted like that other thing. Or, oh, can I have a palate cleanser, please? And they do actually give you a palate cleanser. I don't remember what it was, but there was something in the middle so that you would have something so that it just wasn't chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. And honestly, I, I, I think it's a lot like wine. It's a lot like tasting after a while. You just, your palate, I don't think your palate can handle it anymore. Well, you're too drunk to pick up the glass at some point. <laughs> well, there's that too. <laughs> well, when I was younger, I couldn't actually eat chocolate because I used to get migraines when I was a kid, like to the point of, you know, just my mom had to come and pick me up from school because I just was absolutely useless. I couldn't do anything at all, could barely keep my eyeballs open because of the pain. And my doctor said that chocolate could contribute to migraine headaches and hot dogs and cheese and I can't remember what else. So there's a bunch of things that I couldn't eat, hopefully that would alleviate this case of like these weekly migraines that I seem to have. So I got stuck with white chocolate white chocolate, everything. I had a white chocolate bunny. I had white chocolate at Christmas. I had white chocolate anywhere. Anybody else had some normal chocolate for fear that I'd end up with an instant headache. And honestly, I can still taste the waxy. Oh, it was just so unpleasant, but I ate it because it was sweet. And, you know, I was a kid. So I just, ugh. I never really need to do that white chocolate thing ever again. However, I do quite like white chocolate every now and now and then. So fast forward to now, I've actually become a dark chocolate eater. I eat the odd milk chocolate for a bit of a treat because, you know, it's, I fancy something sweet or there's some nostalgia to it. I asked my community on social media what their favorite chocolate was, and Valerie came up with just that. She shared that she loved the flake because it reminded her of being in Ireland when she was a child, having the 99p flake ice cream. And I too remember that because I used to visit England so much. My family was over there before I moved there when I was 15. And I have fond memories of being on Brighton Beach and holy smokes, that flake, I swear it was like a full size one. Maybe it was just because I was a child and now it's like a half size one. It's like, what? What happened to that? So I'm not sure if it was just the kid perspective or they just got cheap on putting the flake in there. It seems that Diego on social media, he shared that his thing is the dark chocolate almonds. And I have to say, I'm a lover of them as well. But every time I go and buy them, they taste different. All the bulk stores seem to have different flavors. Some of them are that sort of more waxy, really not real sort of tasting. So I haven't quite nailed it on finding an awesome dark chocolate almond. But if anybody else has a suggestion, let me know. Janine, well, she likes the green and blacks organic milk chocolate as a treat. Now, that's, that's a British brand. She's in Australia, happens to be my sister. And then she also has dark chocolate with sea salt as a healthy choice, she wrote. 
So with that mention of Dark being healthy and saved it from the guilty pleasure of having the milk chocolate, that again brought me back to, well, what is this all about exactly? Now, chocolate is not all about sin and sinful. It can be really healthy. And the flavanols in chocolate, well, those are the things that really, that's where the benefit comes from for the most part. Flavanols are abundant in cocoa beans, also called cacao beans, and that's what yields the cocoa powder, which is then used to make chocolate. And that's where the health benefit comes from. But that seems where it might end. Well, or not. Milk chocolate, that's full of saturated fats, typically, but mostly sugar and calories. That's where chocolate having a bad rap comes from, I believe, because it really is candy, far more candy than it is chocolate. And that comes from the ingredients and the percentages of things. So that's just not me, the nutritionist saying, no, it's terrible. That's actually from the ingredient standpoint. And then, of course, there's like the nougat in the center and then the, the, the caramel oozing out of it. And, you know, don't try and tell me then that it's not full of sugar and that it's, you know, it's a healthy dark chocolate oozing caramel bar because <laughs> sorry, still, it's not cutting it. So on the flip side of all of this, I happen to know a lover of chocolate. A chocolatier. I'm trying to say it like Marie said, because it was so beautiful when I heard her say this for the first time. Basically, it's a chocolatier, but that's us with our accent. Marie Schlem, well, she just oozes chocolate and all of its goodness, even from the first smell. I've heard her say that you can just smell it and it starts to have benefits. Who knew? So let's talk a little bit more about this. And Maria is such a wealth of knowledge of having gone into chocolate in about 2004, using it to find her way out of a really, really dark time of loss in her life. Marie, thank you so much for joining me on Eat This with Leanne today. And this is a topic that I know many of my listeners are going to be tuning into because we're talking about chocolate. Yay! I know. And uh, you're a chocolatier. Can you tell us what is a chocolatier? What's your experience? Tell us about yourself. Well, I didn't start out as a chocolatier. I started out as just loving chocolate and then being totally fascinated by the movie Chocolat with Juliette Binoche and Josephine's oh, transformation. I love Remember that. that one? So amazing, really, and especially the transformation that Josephine went through. Anyway, I'm a vet by trade, actually. <laughs> so, okay, interesting. I, I usually... Um, in the consulting room, having ill or not so ill animals coming to me. And um, then I was at one point, that was 2004, I was in a really, really low, low spot personally. And chocolate helped me out of that. I wanted to start making truffles and chocolates. I wanted to cook with chocolate. That was the main thing that really, that was just, that blew my mind at that point. It was the year 2000. And we're speaking Germany okay. or England rather, and uh, yeah. Mexican Molly wasn't really known. Right. And that just blew my mind. And that's why I started. And then making chocolates just brings pure joy. So I just love it so much. Oh. So a chocolatier is a trained person who converts chocolate into filled chocolates, into those lovely melt-in-the-mouth truffles. I, listeners, I, I'm on Zoom with Marie, who, and where where are you? You're in Germany right now? Yeah, I'm okay. in Germany. So thank, thank goodness that we can do this with, with visuals. I know that listeners can't hear this, but yeah, I, I know that what Marie was just showing me with her hands and her facial expressions has come through in her voice. So thank you. I can tell, I can, I can feel the passion, even if I just closed my eyes. So I know everybody's going to hear that too. Like chocolate's got this thing going on where you think, oh, I really want some chocolate. Nope, nope, can't do too much. Can't do, you know, there's like this kind of push-pull thing with chocolate. And from what you're saying, there shouldn't be anything, <laughs> any kind of like hesitation or holding back from it. Do you have any idea like where did that come from? Because it just turned into a cheap, not good confection a candy, a sweet, it's not chocolate anymore. Right. So pure chocolate. And that's actually also where the definition of Belgium 
grade chocolate comes from. So Belgium chocolate doesn't necessarily come from Belgium. It's a definition of a grade of chocolate. Belgium, oh, no way. Yeah, it is. Cool. Belgian chocolate, you find that everywhere. And chocolate doesn't grow in Belgium like some, <laughs> some people might even think, which in a way I can understand, you know, but no, Belgian chocolate, the only ingredients in Belgian chocolate are cacao, cacao butter or cocoa butter, something to sweeten it and maybe some soya lecithin or vanilla. That's it. But the main thing is no other fat than cocoa butter, full stop, nada, nothing else. <laughs> Just cocoa butter, nothing else. And that makes Belgian chocolate. It's just cocoa butter. And cocoa butter is pure goodness. In the candy source of chocolate, then what's the fat source there? Any old thing? Palm oils, the worst of them. Right. Any other vegetable fats. Okay. Sometimes coconut fats, which are not so good, but it doesn't make it proper chocolate. And, uh, but usually it's palm oils and cheap vegetable fats. And often they add so much other fillers in there, just like cheap fats, that they have to include chocolate flavor to make it taste even similar to the original stuff. Okay, that's just not fair. That's just not fair. And that's just not chocolate. You see, so when you really talk chocolate, you're talking cocoa, solids, that's it. Nothing else. That candied version that Mm. you find in the corner store or at the aisles of, you know, as a supermarket as you're leaving or just basically anywhere, really. The typical thing that you think about with chocolate is really not chocolate. No, it's not chocolate. It's a sweet. And I think once people just acknowledge that, it's fine to eat it. You know, if you're happy to eat sweets, then fine, eat sweets. Just don't call it chocolate. Okay. (laughs) candy Please. bar i think it yeah, i, I think bar, in, exactly i do believe that the labeling which is different all over the world of course and being here in canada then i don't think we have this on our chocolate bars is uh candy bar that's mm. i remember seeing that a lot in the in the u.s i don't know if that was like a legislated thing but it certainly makes a lot more sense yeah. right for for that kind of thing so you mentioned about this belgian chocolate so there are different grades of chocolate to my understanding i'm more of a dark chocolate lover well so yeah. can you explain a little bit more about that i did not know about the belgian chocolate i thought you'd have to go to belgium to get the right best uh, kind of chocolate so okay anybody in the world now knows that you can get really great belgian chocolate and you don't have to go to belgium so explain on that please because that's huge when we talk about get belgium great that just means the quality of of the chocolate. It doesn't have anything to do with the types of chocolate. Belgium okay. grade just means cocoa butter is the only fat in there. That's okay. it. Is there and a percent- percentage to it? Because you see a lot of percentages. No, no. yeah, percentage. Okay. The percentage is, is actually the whole lot of cocoa solids and butter is part of that. So everything oh. that comes from the cocoa plant itself is part of the percentage. So you've got your dry cocoa powdery stuff as well as the fat in your percentage, because it all comes from the same plant. And that's also why actually white chocolate, and now we are coming over to the types of chocolate, is chocolate as well, because it's got cocoa butter in there. And Mm -hmm. cocoa butter is the only, if it's proper white chocolate, it's the only fat in there as well. So you see, white chocolate, milk chocolate, dark chocolate, they can all be Belgian chocolate grade as well, or Belgian quality chocolate, because the only fat is cocoa butter and nothing else. And so white chocolate is chocolate as well. Not everybody's taste. And there are huge different varieties as well. And some are really, really lovely. Yeah. And the other ones are dark chocolate and milk chocolate. And again, they shouldn't contain any other fats other than cocoa butter. They just contain milk solids as well, the milk and the white chocolate. Mm. And um, then the dry cocoa matter as well. And really good milk chocolate starts at 35% cocoa solids. And the darkest one I've eaten recently, 60%, 60% milk chocolate. It's amazing, really wow. amazing. So tiny amount of milk solids in there and the rest is just pure chocolate goodness. So your typical milk chocolate that you would go and buy just, I don't know, let's, let's think of like a dairy milk bar. Does that still fall under more of like the sugar can, candy yeah. type of bar? Okay, yeah. so I think from that, what I'm taking away is the type of chocolate that you're alluding to is not found in most stores. It is actually, you just have to look. It is in the speciality sections. So you usually don't find it with your normal candy stuff. You know, if you've got those 
um, higher pricey crisps and chips. Yes. Yeah, like the kettle and whatnot they are called yes. in the US. And yeah. sometimes in that vicinity, you find your good quality chocolates as well. Mm. And start looking for the big names like Lindt. And okay. Girard- Girardelli is quite big in the US as well. And Divine Chocolate is a really good organic chocolate that's often in the normal supermarkets as well. Okay. But then in that area, you find other specialty chocolates as well. When I've purchased chocolate, I've seen a 70, I've seen a 95. There's a uh, Chocosol Trader is one that I buy here. Mm-hmm. And they have a chocolate that has that is so bitter and has no sugar in it. So there's yeah. nothing to sweeten it at all. Not quite to my taste, but most of their others, yeah. I'm going to guess are around a 70 or 80%. Can you can you just go over that percentage again so that we understand that. Last week, uh, I did an episode in episode 48 on reading food labels. Yeah. So I think that this is the perfect, um, you know, sort of step two, especially when you're talking about chocolate, because you want to read the label of the chocolate that you're buying yeah. and, and understand what it is that you want on the label. The percentage tells you how many solids of the cacao plant you've got in there or the okay. cacao fruit. It includes the dry powdery stuff, what we usually associate with cacao solids, plus the fat, the cocoa, the cocoa fat as well, because it comes from the same plant. So all together, the dry powdery stuff plus the fat, the cocoa mm-hmm. fat makes up your percentage in, of cocoa solids. And when you've got like nothing, no sugar added in there, you've got 100% cocoa solids, which is pretty much your cocoa liquor how it comes out of the press in a way okay. or the grinder. Yeah. Plus some extra butter added often as well. Okay. And the other ingredients should just be extra cocoa butter, which mm-hmm. is usually added as well. Yeah. Sugar or some other healthier alternative sweetener, some lecithin, usually it's soya, but it could be sunflower lecithin as well and vanilla. What's lecithin for? Chocolate is very fatty. I mean, when you take when you take the cocoa bean, just over fifty percent of that is cocoa butter. Okay, and the rest is just the powder. Plus, then there's more cocoa butter added into it to keep it in emul, to keep it in fine little droplets as well, and to keep the because the the cocoa powder is not it doesn't melt. Okay. It's ground in such fine particles that we can't distinguish it with our tongue as being particles. So we think. It melts, but it's only the fat that's actually melting. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I never, I never thought of that. Yeah, they're I, tiny, tiny particles and they're so enrobed and all the different stages in cacao processing do that, that each particle is so enrobed by fat that you think it melts, but yeah. you're actually eating particles and <laughs> they stay particles. Wow. Well, that's yeah. right, because that, that's the sensation that you have in your mouth yeah. of that, you know, it's melting and it's so yeah. good. Chocolatey. Oh, that is, that's going to blow my And with very cheap chocolate, you can actually sometimes even distinguish the particles. You can even almost see them. It looks a bit grainy and it might taste a little bit grainy. Mm. That's with very cheap stuff. Cool. Okay. So kind of staying on the more sciencey geek type thing, then um, then how about the health benefits? Because some studies are, that I read say, oh, it's so good for you. You just, but then I read, read on and it says, but you need to have a bucket of the stuff so that it's going to help anything. So why don't you break down from your perspective on the health benefits? Gosh, it already starts with a smell, really. <laughs> Ah, yeah. Cacao is just so full of goodness. And there is still a difference then again between roasted and unroasted, Ah. which is another thing to go into. Usually chocolate that you have is being roasted. The whole process sort of like in one sentence is you've got the cacao pod on the tree that's filled with beans. They go into fermentation. They are being dried. Then they are being roasted, ground up and conched and made into chocolate. That takes about three months, that whole process. Oh, wow. Yeah, it takes a long, long time and people don't realize that. And it's amazing to look further into it. Unroasted cacao is commonly called raw cacao, but it's not strictly raw because it still is being fermented. And fermentation is necessary to make it more digestible because you can get unfermented cacao, but quite rarely. And that's specifically labeled. I haven't tried it yet and i just know that the fermentation process makes it much more digestible. Hmm. And people commonly thought that, including myself until quite recently, that in 
For raw chocolate, then the fermentation process, the temperatures are being regulated because often fermentation temperatures reach between 50 and 60 degrees. Raw chocolate is not strictly raw. It is not roasted. And the roasting happens at about 120 to 160 centigrade. So quite hot, hot. And that's definitely not raw anymore. But it's better to talk instead of raw chocolate, unroasted chocolate. That is the more accurate expression. And it's still, it is just so healthy. And the fermentation makes it more digestible for us. So is in effect healthier for us. It's so full of antioxidants. It's full of anti-inflammatories. It helps your brain. It helps against dementia and cognitive decline. It has lots of heart protecting properties as well. Yeah. So you can do a heck of a lot with chocolate. And what I said earlier, it starts with a smell. The smell already triggers feta brain waves, mm. which are your relaxing brain waves. And that's one of the main, one of the big reasons as well. Well, as soon as you start smelling chocolate, you just feel so good. Wow. So it's all in the olfactory system, yeah. if I've said that word right. And then it hits the brain waves and you just get to exhale for a moment. Nice. Yes, absolutely. Nice. And that's even before it gets into your mouth. Yes. I mean, the goodness of chocolate is all in the cacao or in the cocoa. Yeah. So, and then the more cocoa solids you have in there, the healthier it is. Okay. Milk chocolate, therefore, no. you would have to eat so much milk chocolate that you'd feel sick <laughs> to your stomach. And then all the sugar counteracts it anyway. So, yes. when we talk about healthy chocolate, I would say it's from ideally 70% upwards or unroasted. I recently saw you in action. You were doing the beginning of a course and offering for people to cook or to make, Mm. it wasn't, we weren't cooking, but we were making some truffles and my daughter and I joined in on that action and it was so much fun. And, And she's our baker in the family. And the big thing that I took away, which I think I'd love to talk a bit more about, about, um, about cooking with chocolate, but with this one, we warmed the cream first and then she poured that into the bowl and then added the chocolate to it. So the chocolate actually never went into the saucepan and you said, don't heat it. You don't need to. You just chop it really small and then pour the hot or almost boiling cream over it. Let it sit for a moment and stir it. That's it. Yes. And then yes. we she put it in the we put it in the fridge and then we rolled it in in some powders, some cacao mm-hmm. powder that we have. And hey presto, she was so impressed with herself. She absolutely loved the process. So truffles aren't really a, would you call that being cooked? Like you've mentioned no. a couple of times about cooking with chocolate. So tell tell me more about that because now I'm intrigued. Well, that is the savory part of it. Ah, savory chocolate. Yes, who who knew? Further for, further to choosing a like a chili chocolate or something like that. Well, that's that's in a way one of the origins as well is um, cooking with chocolate and chili. Okay. And the Mexicans have got it down to a fine art, especially in their mole, in one of their mole sauces, the chocolate mole. Mm-hmm. It's just and the the trick is to put just enough chocolate into it that it brings out something really, really exquisite and exotic and you can't taste the chocolate. You don't want to taste that there is chocolate in there in your food. But it just brings something so special that you can't get uh, with anything else. Other than a molly, what else do you put, put, do you cook with You can do so much with it. Start with a spaghetti bolognese. Oh, just your normal spaghetti bolognese, whether it's meaty or vegan, it really doesn't matter. And take the darkest chocolate that you can find. Ideally, it would even be 100%, okay. but I would say at least 80% because the sugar in the chocolate will change the flavor of your meal much, much more than the chocolate itself. Start cooking with a 60% chocolate if you don't have anything else. You just have to be so careful because suddenly it's too sweet and it's not nice anymore. Okay. So the higher the percentage of the chocolate, the more you can add into it and just watch it. I mean, first of all, it gets very dark. Okay. From the chocolate, obviously, it might thicken as well. Chocolate acts as a thickener. Okay. And then taste it in between after each little piece and just find your sweet spot where you think, now I can taste something different and I can't taste the chocolate yet. Okay. Um, I like that. That's like a whole other adventure. So, okay. So spaghetti bolognese first. And then, and then what else would you suggest? I've made salads with chocolate in the dressing. Mm. Yeah. And chocolate powder or do you melt it? 
melt it. Yeah. I guess you would have to use it straight away because otherwise it would solidify again or not really because no, you only have no, a no, no, small when, amount when of chocolate. It. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. No, no. Okay. Uh, and uh, no, so much more. Just start experimenting. One of the typical um, combinations is with meat and any type of meat as well with a bit of chocolate. And then also one headline, I think, in one of the emails that you sent out as you were promoting your course was that chocolate can help you lose weight. Right there, we've probably, you know, done 50,000 downloads. If somebody, if that was my headline for the, for the podcast, what? Chocolate can help me lose weight. Everybody's told, <laughs> everybody's told me everything completely the other way. What are you talking about? So can you explain that one for us, please? Well, we're back to which type of chocolate you're eating. Okay. And we sort of skimmed over that. The health benefits are all in the cacao itself. Okay. So that leaves white chocolate and milk chocolate off the table. <laughs> We start with dark chocolate. And lots of people now say maybe that, oh, I don't like dark chocolate. It's yucky. It's bitter. It's whatnot. Mm-hmm. Start gentle. Be gentle with yourself and just realize that maybe, you know, when we're children, we are so fixed on something sweet. Yes. And then we grow up and often our sweet taste doesn't grow up with us. Mm-hmm. It stays where we are as a child. And I don't know if you've done that. Some of your listeners might have done that as well. It's just when we changed from, for example, from full fat milk to half fat milk. Yes. Initially, it was like, oh, what is this? And slowly, slowly we get used to it. And then one day you try the full fat milk again and yuck, it's so gross almost. You can't drink it anymore. Exactly. And that is just educating your taste. And you can do the same with chocolate. You don't even need to take a decision, just start it. Have two chocolates, buy two bars of chocolate, your normal go-to chocolate, and then one that is just a few percent darker. Determine your sweet taste. So you eat a little bit of your normal go-to chocolate on a grade of one to 10, you determine how sweet it is. And then you eat a little while later, you eat your dark chocolate, your darker chocolate. Mm -hmm. Now I have to go back to eating. When you eat chocolate like this, and when you want to use it, for to aid your diet, your weight loss, you need to eat it slowly. You don't chew it. You don't put it in your mouth and chew it and swallow it. You take maximum two sort of thumbnail or thumb, the last digits of your thumb size pieces in your mouth and let it sit there and melt. Mm. That is the one secret. You let it melt. Going back to determining how sweet you can take or how not sweet you can take, So you eat your darker chocolate, those two pieces, let it melt in your mouth. And as soon as that is gone, immediately after that, eat your normal go-to chocolate. And over time, when you do that a few times a week, twice a week, and in between, just eat your go-to chocolate in a way that I'll tell you in a moment, you'll find over time that you can eat darker and darker and darker because you're retraining your brain first you need to retrain your brain and with that you retrain your taste buds and then you go darker and darker and with going darker and darker with chocolate and the way you're starting to eat let it melt in your mouth pay attention to it it's really more like mindful eating mm-hmm. it really feeds into the intuitive eating podcast that you had a little while ago as well yes. Yes. because Thank you, you start being more conscious of what you actually eat pay attention to how it makes you feel what sensations it causes when you put a certain mouth food in your mouth and eat start eating it and over time you'll see you'll become more aware you take more time with taking more time you automatically eat less and now comes the best thing eat a little bit of chocolate, those two squares, about half an hour, 45 minutes before your meal, dark chocolate. The darker you can go, the better it is. Because that already triggers hormones that say, I'm satisfied, I'm full. Dark chocolate (sighs) literally triggers, it's leptin, isn't it? Yes. Because of the way you eat it, you have it a long time in your mouth. And that having food a long time in your mouth also tells your brain, I'm satisfied. So those things together, the triggering of leptin, the long time in your mouth, same with when you eat your food, your normal dinner then, or your lunch, just chew each bite very carefully, leave it long in your mouth, tells your brain you're full. That way it all takes longer. 
anything arriving in your digestive tract, I think there are seven, seven centers in the brain that tell you when you're full. And it all starts in your mouth, goes until your mid-digestive tract. And that takes time. And it takes about 20 minutes. And we know that sometimes when we are. Yes. I know that certainly when I'm so hungry and I just stuff myself. Yeah. And then I'm still not full after I finished my meal. And it takes half an hour before it, <laughs> it has reached my brain. That's why it is, because it's a combination of what happens in your mouth, to your stomach, to all your intestines, including until the mid-intestines. All of that together triggers several centers in the brain via neuropathways, via hormones. It's fascinating, isn't it? And chocolate wow. can be a big part of that. Just eat it before and then also finish about 15 minutes after you finish your meal. Eat yes. another two pieces of dark chocolate. And because of the cocoa butter in there, it just stays longer in your digestive tract as well. So you don't get a deep low after it. You digest it much, much slower, all your food. And that's how you lose weight with chocolate. That is incredible. And thank you for explaining it in such detail, because I think anyone listening will jump on board with this one, but don't go and buy your candy bar. You've got to have the good chocolate. Yeah. And I remember years ago, I just suddenly decided to start trying the dark chocolate. And because I've come off of sugar so many times, just because for whatever reason, health reasons, candida, all sorts of things, then our, I do believe, and I know this to be true of many of my clients, when I've asked them to reduce the amount of sugar or, you know, maybe eliminate it altogether. First of all, yes, they do lose a lot of weight, but exactly as you've explained, when you go back to it, you put something sweet in your mouth. And I, I get this comment from my kids all the time when they're having something, some sort of candy or marshmallow or something like that. Mom, I don't want to hear how sweet it is because my taste buds have changed. Totally. Mm -hmm. So it does happen. It is possible. Anybody who says, no, I don't like dark chocolate. Well, it's probably because you're using it for that blood sugar surge, or maybe there's the emotional tie to it. And I put out on on Facebook a, a, a request of someone, uh, you know, just to say, what's your favorite chocolate? Just for this podcast, I'll I'll give listeners a little more information on that. But it's the association. Uh, Valerie, she commented on how she loves a flake. That's her favorite chocolate. But it's because when she was growing up, she would have it stuck in her ice cream cone. Yeah. So it yeah. brings that memory back where you go for it and then it's just that like you said it's that sensation all of a sudden that comes through so yeah. from what i'm taking away from you this is about creating new sensations and trying new ways which can be so fascinating to see what happens at the end of it yeah and it's also about finding the right chocolate that yeah. plays a huge part i mean chocolate is so different from wherever it's coming from and i would say vast majority of people who say they don't like dark chocolate yes. have tried the wrong dark chocolate mm. and probably mainly cheaper dark chocolate, mainly grown in Africa. Okay. Cocoa from Africa produces a much more robust, bitter and earthy chocolate than cocoa grown in South America, Venezuela, Peru, Ecuador, totally different chocolate. Madagascar, again, a very different chocolate. Mm -hmm. Madagascar is often very acidic, citrusy. Chocolate from South America is more floral, nutty. And chocolate from Africa can be very, very earthy. You know, when I, when I sold my truffles, when I was on the market and I had moms coming to me and I always had tasters out, you know, and offered the children something. And moms often say, no, my children don't like dark chocolate. I said, wait. Yes. <laughs> and I gave them my 60% chocolate pure chocolate from Venezuela, Chocolates El Rey, fantastic, absolutely amazing chocolate. They loved it. Almost every child, I would say one or 2% didn't quite like it, but all the rest of them absolutely loved it with mom saying, no, they won't eat dark chocolate. Ha. I love that. That is so yeah. good. And so, thank you for the rundown of where 
where the chocolate comes from. I bought some Madagascar recently. Actually, I think I just went and bought a few different ones, but I don't know that I thought of the different regions. So it's kind of like wine, really, like wine from all the different regions have a different taste and flavor. So there we go, listeners. We've got another reason to go and try a whole bunch of different chocolates to find out which one we love. Yeah, and the best way to try out different chocolates is find your local chocolate maker. Just put in your favorite browser, chocolate yep. maker near me, something like that. Yep. And you'll find a list. And actually, there's a great app as well, Chocolate Map. And that just tells you where the chocolate makers in your area are. I love that. So you can put in your area and it doesn't have all the chocolate makers. So there are loads of chocolate makers that are not on there, but this is a good start. Right. And a chocolate maker, first of all, they make amazing chocolate. They, yes. and best thing is they import the cocoa beans that are really sustainably grown. Mm. So it's usually organic as well. And right. certainly the farmers get paid decent amount of money. Right. And that's not a the big issue. pittance that they get paid in Africa. Mm. And uh, that's what a chocolate maker is doing. So they make their own chocolate. They are not a chocolatier. A chocolate maker makes bean to bar chocolate. So they import the beans they roast them, they grind them and so forth. That's quite a long process as well. And then they make chocolate bars and usually just sell the bars. Sometimes they make some trough filled chocolates as well. Yeah. And that's where you get the best chocolates or find chocolate makers out of that country Mm. where the chocolate is growing. There are lots of chocolate makers all over the world. And that's the best thing you can do for chocolate is buy chocolate like that. This has just been so enlightening and so tremendous. Thank you so much for all of your wisdom. I could keep on talking to you for hours, but I do try. (laughs) And I know that Chris is going to laugh at this, but I do try and keep it a little tight because we could talk for an hour and keep on going about chocolate. So I'm going to leave this one up to the listeners to come back to us and say, we want more. We want more. Tell us more about chocolate because there's obviously so much much out there that just takes it more in in depth. I've I feel like I've become a bit of an oyster connoisseur of late or over the past however many years because I love oysters and I've started to realize the different regions that even oysters come from. Same sort of situation with wine and now my understanding is that of chocolate. I just find it makes it so much more fun and so much more interesting to go and 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 explore and it's not like you're going to go and drink like three bottles of wine so you're probably not going to go and have three bars of chocolate. Thank you so much for introducing us to all these new things that I didn't know about. And I'm not sure that the, my loyal listeners are going to know either. So thank you, Marie. I'm going to make sure that there's more information of how people can find you. I'll make a mention of that app and find a link if I can, and I'll put that in the show notes. So thank you so much for joining us today. And I, I have no doubt that you'll be back to share some more wisdom with us. Thank you. We haven't even touched the ceremonial side yet. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. There we go. Maybe that'll be our next uh, about the cacao ceremony. I've heard you mention that before so we'll just save that for another episode. Thank you. Well thank you so much for having me Leanne. This is Eat This with Leanne. I got to admit that I was a little uh, disappointed that when you said you had an expert, a chocolatier, that you, you, yes. were, you weren't talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was gearing little, up. Little did I know that I should have just said, Chris, let's, tra- let's chat chocolate today. And why don't you just give me all, all the info? I don't need any other expert. I got you. No, we got to <laughs> talk to Marie. Marie's the expert. <laughs> oh, well, she sat. Listen, I'm, I got to say, she, she sounds like she knows what she's talking about. So <laughs> it was a good choice. <laughs> okay, thank you. Well, feel free to bring your input on, uh, on anything else that I have to say here. Because, you know, me, me and my nutrition may, ways may not be as much of an expert as you are. That's for sure. Okay, so who's now going to become a connoisseur of chocolate after everything that she said? I'm going to revisit my chocolate drawer and see what I have. I know that I've got some Madagascar in there, and I'm totally going to see what else I can find from South Africa. And Chris, here, I have something from Ecuador. Marie went through 
all of the different places where chocolate comes from, I really, what struck me was about that it's a lot like wine or even because I'm such an oyster fan, it's a lot like oysters too. So the region that they come from is totally different. And she, I love that she actually kind of gave us an overarching suggestion of finding something more from South America. So that's totally what I'm going to look for and then do a bit of a deep dive into what actually the taste is of it. Because I really love that. I love learning more about, there's so much more to chocolate than just saying, no, don't have it. So so I'm looking forward to all of that. And I guess I'll start with my 75% cacao Ecuador that I found in my drawer. South America. I always thought chocolate was more of a European thing, right? You always hear about German, France, Swiss. The thing that Marie that Marie said about Belgian chocolate. Belgian, right. And that it is a classification of chocolate. It's not that Belgium makes chocolate. It's just the classification of the chocolate. That for me was mind blowing because I thought, oh, well, you gotta go to Belgium to get the best chocolate ever not the case. South America. I would not have thought of South America, but hey, I'm gay. If it's chocolate, I'll try it. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Set them up. I remember that I shared with you some of the, some of the local chocolate that I tend to get, the Chocosol dark chocolate, I think it was. How was that for you? Very dark. Yeah. I I don't tend, I'm a milk chocolate guy. Um, So yeah, I don't tend to consume a lot of that type of chocolate. I know the the benefits of dark chocolate and uh, my wife tends to to eat more of it than I do uh, for a little mm-hmm. sweet treat. Yeah. But to me it it lacks a little bit of flavor and I think it's the milk side mm-hmm. of it that I'm looking for, right? I mean, for somebody who consumes a lot of dark chocolate, to them I'm sure they can tell the difference between from one dark chocolate to another, one that's more flavorful than another. I can't. Yes. I only taste the bitterness that I call, I call it bitterness. To others, it's not. Yes. But I call it bitterness. Yes. That's all I taste. And so I have a yep. tough time def- deciding what's a good dark chocolate and what's not. Well, I think Marie's suggestions for anyone who's listening who agrees with Chris, and that's why you haven't kind of gone to that side. And I loved also what Marie said about how to get yourself more into having more chocolate or trying more chocolate. She had such a great way of of going through that process. So I know everybody that's that's that heard what she said and that you know has, has listened up until this point, just have at it because yeah, I'm I'm totally going to do the same thing. Her suggestion of just starting with what you normally have and then also finding a dark chocolate and then trying one and then the other, like a proper taste test, right? Like how this is an excuse to go and eat more chocolate. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> and we're coming up to the, the, the best time of the year, really, right? That's it's the right. best time of the year to, to consume sweets and chocolate and you know, to break That's out your, your fat pants, right? The one with the, the drawstring and the. Yeah, have we we not worn those just the whole way through lockdown and quarantine anyway? So now it's going to be like, for Christmas, can I please have some larger fat pants or some (laughs) more stretchy pants, which normally means actually, can you go up a size? Because there's only so much stretch that you can get. Yeah, for the first time ever, I'm actually looking at the labels on my my clothing and looking for the amount of lycra that they've put into the... (laughs) Into the blend, right? So, well, there's 50% like we're in these, so we're getting these for sure. <laughs> well, back to social media. Mary, she said that she made dark truffles last night with Alter Ego brand. Now, I think I, I'm ready for this. If any listeners are up for sharing all the different brands that you try, because there's nothing more annoying than going buying a real big bar and then and then like what you said Chris ending up having like it's really bitter and then what are you going to do with it because it's there but it's not really enjoyable so thank you Mary for your suggestion she used alter ego 85% dark which is also organic and fair trade she loves the dark because she can't gobble it down a whole bar in one sitting she does love the lighter ones and the milk chocolate because it's a delight to her palate she said but she tends to leave those a little bit more at the at the grocery store she also mentioned a brand called coat door so i'm going to check that one out because i'm not familiar with that either they're a belgium chocolate maker who only use fair trade chocolate and make the most palatable dark chocolate and I love this that she said. She said, the most balanced diet is chocolate in each hand. 
That's awesome. I'm putting that on a T-shirt. Exactly. I made sure that I put that quote in there just for you because I knew that was going to that was going to tickle you. Now, Andre's wife, Andre's wife, she's a pastry chef. And he said, you have not had chocolate until you've had Valrona chocolate because his wife is a pastry chef. When he said that when they were dating, she introduced him to this brand. It's what many high-end pastry shops and restaurant restaurants, that's what they use for making whatever it is. Now, you can go to the show notes, but I know that you're sitting there going, what on earth did you just say? So I'm going to spell it because I probably butchered how to say that. V-A-L-R-H-O-N-A. So put that in your browser and start to Google that one because I'm going to totally check it out. I find this really fascinating. My go-to tends to be Chocosol Traders. They're in Toronto and they have powder. I've got that. They've got some cacao nibs, which are not really cacao nibs. They're just the shells that are that are, um, I think they've just blended whizzed them up. And I put that on top of my smoothie bowls and when I want something a little bit crunchy and have learned from what Marie said that their raw chocolate is what they call it is actually means that it's unroasted. So thank you, Marie, for teaching me that one. Chocolates, well, they're known to be stress busters, relaxants, and aphrodisiacs. So it can't be all that bad. Now, the experience that Marie shared makes a lot of more sense to me now. I'm going to totally let that chocolate melt in my mouth. I'm going to understand that what's melting in my mouth was the fat. It's the, what did she call it? cocoa butter, I think, that is what melts in your mouth. And then all those minuscule little chocolate particles, all the powder is what then gives it the flavor. Again, just another thing that blew my brains. And I thought that was so fascinating. But first of all, I'm going to smell it. That's what she said to do, because you can just get chilled out just by smelling it in the first place. And I'm going to see what happens. So with the holiday season approaching, how about we give ourselves a little bit of a break? A client that I was talking to the other day, she was being real hard on herself and felt like she needed to justify the fact that her son had just come back from university and they had cake. Somebody brought over donuts and she had all the things and she said, and I've done so badly. And I said, whoa, sister, this is just a time of celebration. So go and eat it and enjoy it and just let it go because that is way too heavy of a burden on your shoulders. This is a celebration and you know, I'm in Toronto and we're in full lockdown. There's not so much joy hanging around right now because we can't see people and we're heading into the holiday season. So find it where you can. And as many times as I have said that you're not gonna find the answers in the bottom of your Haagen-Dazs and the bottom of your chip bag or whatever it happens to be mm-hmm. right now, I know. It's like, I'm going for it. I'm looking for the, for the joy in my fridge and the joy in my cupboards just as much as the next person because this is getting really draining. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. That's my new ringtone. I am, I, that's it. You said it. You said I can find joy in donuts. You, and, I'm, and that's it. Did not. Uh, yes, you did. You said I can find joy in donuts or what's in my fridge. And if there's donuts in my fridge, then that's <laughs> what I'm enjoying. You oh said it. <laughs> yeah, that's another Becky moment. I've mentioned these before with the, with my other producer. Whenever I say just something that's marginally go at it, then she's just like you, Chris. Becky's like, yeah, man, I'm going to eat all the cookies. It's like, Becky, I only just said cookies. I didn't say go eat the whole damn package. But she's like, oh, but I, that's what I heard. So that's what I'm going with. Oh, I miss her. I miss her, too. Oh, my goodness. joy we need to enjoy and especially right now so i just so wanted to talk about chocolate and all the joys of it because it does get such a bad rap and of course everything in moderation including moderation so let's just not beat ourselves up anymore let's celebrate with some super yummy chocolate maybe a little less of the sugary every now and then and follow what marie suggested let's find some joy in a new chocolate bar that you've never tried before and let's expand our chocolate palette. And of course, as I end every podcast, eat this one mouthful at a time.